Hello and welcome back to the Bullside Podcast. My name's Derek. My name's Jay. And today we are giving you our top 10 songs of 2020. Yeah, so 2020 has been a year, man. <laughs> been a very long year and a lot of it was stuff that we didn't know how music releases were going to go. A lot of people thought that a lot of bands would not release anything this year because they wouldn't get to go on tour with it. It was really cool the way it worked out in the end is that bands were kind of these these heroes of the pandemic, if you will, uh, because, you know, there was very limited amount of things that we could do. We couldn't go out. We couldn't be with friends. And so people kind of looked to their favorite artists to be like, hey, you know, can you get me through this? And a lot of bands did. You know, they listened to their fans. So that's good on them. Absolutely. And if you'd like to listen to our top albums of 2020 we released that last week so go check that out but as i mentioned we'll be discussing our top 10 songs of 2020 starting at number 10 and working our way all the way down to our number one song so we had two similar albums on our top albums jay but i think this is one episode where we're going to see a bit more variance in our taste because there's some songs that are in my top that were not in any of my top albums. Yeah, I have a couple like that that we're going to see in here. So you're going to see a lot of things that we didn't review over the course of the year. And I have a quite a few of them that we didn't talk about in our last episode. So this will be pretty cool. You'll get a better idea of our uh, our personal music tastes instead of, you know, what we do on here for business. And I'm glad that you mentioned, you know, a lot of this is probably going to be stuff that we didn't get to review. You know, we just can't get to everything. It takes time for editing, listening to music, and getting a genuine taste for it. Not just being like, yep, sounded good. Uh, <laughs> I like that one part. You know, we go for quality, not quality. And that's why we don't have as many top albums. But I'm glad that we can bring you our top 10 songs of 2020. Right. So let's get into this, Derek. Where are you starting at? So my number 10 song of 2020 is Bleach by Heartwave. So we're going to be, you know, fairly simple with our breakdowns of these songs. It's not going to be like what we review. As Jay said, you know, this is a less professional approach. This is just more of our song taste. We're not grading these by any means. I mean, they are in our top 10, so that should be a good indicator. But for the song Bleach by Heartwave, you know, it features Rory from Dayseeker and he's writing with someone else. I apologize. I don't know who it is. That kind of happens when you have a big name like Rory <laughs> attached to a project. But Rory just takes the tone in the song that I really loved in the softer, more somber parts of the Dayseeker album Sleep Talk. And he accompanies it with synthwave music. And that's just perfect to me. It this song kind of reminds me of their song Burial Plot. I definitely get some Burial Plot vibes going on. And, you know, as you were saying about Roy Rodriguez, man, he just has one of those buttery, silk smooth voices. He's very much so like, I, I don't want to put him on the same level as Tillian per se, but, uh, you know, just one of those like can do all, you know, vocal ranges. That's just, it would be great on anything. You could put him as a pop artist. You could put him as a metalcore artist. And realistically, he'll shine no matter where he is. And Bleach was absolutely no exception right and i want to say you know this is not really much to do with the song but with him being a vocalist is i don't feel like he really overshadows the rest of like what his projects are you know i said that i don't know who else is involved in hurt wave but that's my fault that's not rory's fault because I feel like he doesn't take on like a Franz role or whatever of being like, oh, I'm the man. I'm the only man here. <laughs> and he's just very talented. So for Bleach, you know, I think music such as this is more on the pop music spectrum. And for me, that's really either hit or miss. And that's one reason why I could never grade like pop music because it is what it is. It's not supposed to be this like in detail thing that has to be broken down. It's just, does it sound good? Does it sound bad? 
either it's a hit or it's a instant skip. And that's just different than the way I view alternative music, where in alternative music, songs can either be not so good, but could also not be terrible. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. In regards to pop music, you know, it's supposed to be basic. It's supposed to be easy listening. You know, this scene, we have a lot of artistic influence. We have a lot of uh, experimental stuff. And I feel like this is no exception. This is definitely on the side of experimental. But no, I, I definitely enjoyed this song. This is a solid pick. So what was your number 10 song of 2020? So my number 10 was actually Landmine by Polaris. Very good pick. It's not in the number 10 slot because maybe it was the uh, the least liked out of all of these. I just feel like it did not need to be in the top 10, you know, high up on the list to be recognized. Right. You know, I, I wanted to put it in the last spot because I feel like it's kind of in a cast of its own. But, you know, this song, lovely guitar tone. There's a great mix in there. Every instrument can be heard with like very little effort to focus on it. You know, and despite being like high energy and a very technical track, like this is very organized this is constructed in a way that you know it's coming but it's not unwelcomed you can kind of see like what's coming next right but at the same time you like want to know what's coming next (laughs) yeah the vocals of this very heard and felt and with all like of Polaris's songs, Ryan does a fantastic job like conveying the emotion. It feels very genuine. And I definitely feel like this song was uh, a solid, solid pick for, for top 10 of 2020. Now I have to say Polaris is, you know, they have some of that new metal inspiration in there, but I think one thing that really sets them apart is in that song, they have a very nice buttery solo in there. Mm-hmm. And that's just a part that I look forward to every time I hear that. So that's a very good pick. Well, thank you. Thank you. So what do you have up next? So my number nine song of 2020 is A Loneliness by The Amity Affliction. Interesting. I did not see that coming. (laughs) Neither did I, to be honest. But, you know, I had my own personal best of 2020 throughout the year, and I kind of tried to change things up throughout the year. That way I just wouldn't be listening to the same songs over and over. You know, I had Landmine on there at one point that got replaced by Masochist and other songs by Polaris. And then for the Amity Affliction, Although I didn't like their newest album, you know, I did like a handful of songs. So I tried to incorporate them in there. You know, I tried to at least have one song for each album that we listened to. That way I could still be giving music a chance. I definitely agree. And, you know, a loneliness, uh, if I had to pick any off of that uh, off of that album to enjoy, I I think that's going to be it for loneliness. It's an, you know, kind of like Bleach. Bleach is a somber song, but it's almost like Bill Murray in a way. And I kind of have to give Bill Murray some credit. You know, he made the sad lyrics, but upbeat music kind of a cool thing, I guess. Yeah. And like for loneliness, you know, it's a somber track just like Bleach. So, so far I'm two of two for like sad songs, I guess. At least if you look into the lyrics of this song, but the instrumental is a complete contradiction. It it was definitely a year for like music to like validate emotions so i feel like this this plays very very well to the current market but that's not like it's intent right like like i feel like it's from a genuine place but you know i feel like it's well done also like like it's just overall very well done track and i really enjoy the instrumental in there it's groovy the song flows flawlessly and the vocal melodies have a really catchy hook 
you know, there's the part you tie the knot, I'll start the fire. And that just repeats over and over. And I don't know, I really enjoy it. And I typically don't like music by the Amity Affliction, but I hope that shows our listeners, you know, I'm willing to listen to other bands, even if I don't like their full discography. Yeah, I definitely agree with you in the fact that it's a very satisfying song to listen to. It just like it's nice and level everywhere. It's symmetrical. Yeah. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I never vibed with Amity the way other people do. So it, it's definitely not one of my favorites, but not because I you know have some big grief against them. Uh, it's just, you know, not for me. And that's fair. And it should be noted and probably heard in the clip we just played before, you know, I went into this, but it's not a heavy song. No, no, not at all. All right, Jay. So what's your number nine of 2020? My number nine was Poverty of Self by Currents. I kind of saw that coming. I do love this song. It's just like, it's nothing like particularly extraordinary going on here, but it's just like very, it's very big. You know, it gives you these like super ominous vibes and then delivers, which is important. Uh, Cause I like, I feel like a lot of bands now are just like going for this like ominous vibe and they're just like, that's it. It's just a vibe. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, if you don't have the freaking just absolute sound wall, drop to back that up like what the fuck's the point you're just like edging me at this point so you know this one very big sounding gives you those super ominous vibes immediately and then delivers on it and these drums in here they're quick they're full they're like i don't want to say george lever level good but like definitely better than the competition you know this song takes on like a lot of different forms in its duration which i really enjoy although i think if anybody else did this i'd be kind of mad about it but it goes from like this grindy slammy thing to like this groovy and high energy it's really strange i i feel like only currents could have pulled that off and the lyrics in this are just like very active very uh fresh and like you know describe this political injustice to a sense and i feel like that's very important for this year like people needed that they needed those feelings validated so good on them unfortunately that's not a song that i'm very familiar with you know i did listen to that last week i don't think that's one that stuck out to me but like i said last week you know currents their newest album isn't something that resonated with me and that's why i'm going to go through their discography and listen to the rest because it's not like that album was something i hated there's just some stylistic things that didn't vibe with me but i completely agree with you that there was music that got released this year with you know some political messages that weren't exactly straightforward. And I think that's almost the best way to go go about it. Because if you do go about it in a straightforward way, it can kind of feel cheesy. Yeah, I definitely agree. You know, you don't want to just come in and say like, oh yeah, fuck the government. No, that, that's that's a little too, uh, I don't know, just flopping your dick on the table at that point. I'm, I'm just saying like, if your audience is intelligent enough to have their own political views, I feel like they're intelligent enough to break down your lyrics to understand what you're trying to say. I definitely agree with that. And you know what? I kind of even enjoy it that way because if you just listen to Poverty of Self, you can't really tell what it's about. And honestly, it almost sounds like it's about, you know, the the lead singer. But if you actually go through and read the lyrics in the sense that it's about political injustice and corruption, uh, it, it makes a lot more sense. And you're like, oh, okay, that's what he meant. So Derek, what did you have for your eighth song of 2020? So for my number eight song of 2020, I chose China Master by the Acacia Strange. So 
So Jay, just like you were just talking about, you know, there's music that came out this year with some political messages in there, and the Acacia Strain was definitely in that camp. Oh yeah, heavily. Uh, I, I remember there was a little bit of a uh, little bit of arguing going on when this song was first announced, and I think it's fucking hilarious to be honest. Like just the naming of it was fantastic. Now this song is dark and ominous, both instrumentally and lyrically. You know the message applies to things going on in the world in a proper tone. You have the music that matches the lyrics, and I always appreciate that. You know, as I mentioned about my two past songs, you know, the lyrics didn't exactly match the instrumental in what it sounded like, but in this setting, I feel like it's appropriate for the lyrics to match the instrumental. That way you can get a better grasp on what's going on. And even though that I tend to not like more straightforward instrumentals like in this song, I feel like it really helps you focus on the lyrics and just the overall tone that it's trying to achieve. See, I feel like they did a very good job on this song. And on that album, I specifically remember like a couple of the songs being like, you know, this is like kind of laissez-faire, even though like I couldn't play it. I, I just feel like it wasn't their fullest potential. Yeah. Except this song, this song, like you could tell like everybody was on the same page. Everybody was like, we're going to go hard as fuck because, you know, they had something to say. They had some emotion behind it and it paid off. I, I think it's a very well constructed track. I think it's organized. It's put together. Well, all the artists are feeling the same emotions they are all vibing together. So yeah, it's, it's fantastic in its own right. Now there is a lead guitar playing ominous parts in the chorus. If you want, to call it a chorus i mean i know there's no singing song parts in this (laughs) but you know structurally it is a chorus and that lead guitar part reminds me of what suicide silence did on their album no time to bleed it was just a recurring you know simple but ominous part that creates this like feeling of like drudge it's dissonance it's very effective like they achieve what they set out to do in a tone that I feel like is important. No, it was, it was very well selected. I I feel like everybody, uh, you know, worked together on this track. It wasn't just like a one man show. Like some guy was like, Hey, I made up this beat. And they're like, Hey, I got a guitar part that might match that a little (laughs) bit. You know, like everybody was like, we're going to make something fucking gross, disgusting and angry. And they were like, yes. And they all did it together. All right, Jay. So moving forward, what was your number eight of 2020? So my number eight was actually Stacker by Enox. Enox was the band that we actually had on the show uh, back in September, I believe. Uh, We had Michael, their lead singer, on, and it was a fantastic time. You should go back and listen to that episode. So, Stacker, I I feel like the, you know, much like you were saying China Masta in this one, uh, the lyrics reflect the, like, information hysteria that's, like, kind of going on in in the U.S. right now. It's it's very political. It's very highbrow to a certain extent. They really kind of just spell it out for you, but, like, it has so much going on. It's okay that they just kind of made it easy. It works. It works very well. There's, like, this incredibly ingenious guitar playing going on here. It's very percussive. They use like this pick scrape as like a record scratch almost like Tom Morello yeah. to like kind of conjoin these different parts together. It, it's really neat. It, it's worth a listen to, but very, very creative. The mix in this is fantastic for this not to be a signed band recorded at a, you know, record label studio. It's incredible. Fantastic musicianship just all the way around vocals, incredibly well done on both, you know, the pitch screams and the gutturals. Uh, Michael absolutely kills. So, I definitely wanted it on my top 10. I've listened to that song so many, so many times. 
Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was initially like a band jam track. Am I right? In, in our episode where we had uh, the singer of Enoch's on here, they, they were saying that like he was playing drums or something like that. And they came up with this guitar part. And that's how the site like it was just like a jam sesh. Like they're all goofing off and they were like, wait a second. <laughs> like, this is pretty sick. And one thing that I remember from that episode and, you know, not to go off on a tangent or anything, but they do like some pre-production recording uh yeah yeah i I think they were mentioning that was kind of part of their process because enox is not a like a central located together kind of band like i think he said his bassist was in georgia Uh, a few of them are in upstate jersey uh where i live um so they're kind of like spread out all over the place so you know having to plan out these songs is definitely a necessity if you're in a band i highly recommend that you go listen to that interview that jay did with Michael. It's a great episode. It's one of my favorites that we've done just because it's so informative. But at the same time, you all just had a great time recording it. We had a fantastic time. I feel like Michael and I vibed like so well together. And uh, he he really was an awesome guy to talk to. Very informative. And uh, (laughs) Ricky uh, Arbolino comes in in the middle of it at one point and gives Michael a a smoothie. You just have to go listen to that episode. There's so many twists and turns. And like I said, if you're in a band, there's a lot that can be learned just from listening to that. Highly recommend listening to that episode if you are anyway involved in making metalcore, if you're in a band thinking about starting a band or just want to maybe record bands. It's very informative and Michael was fantastic to have on the show. Go check out Enox. They do have new music coming out. I will plug them a little bit. Awesome to hear. So, Derek, uh, we are on song seven. What was your song seven for the year? My number seven song of 2020 is Kingslayer by Bring Me the Horizon. gasp big gasp actually to be (laughs) honest and i want to say you know spoiler alert but we decided to only include one song per band that we included in this top 10 so we're not going to have any repeating bands on this top 10 which i think is a good idea otherwise they'd all be like make them suffer in player songs so for bring me the horizon i chose kingslayer and it has less to do with Bring Me the Horizon and more to do with Baby Metal. And I credit my liking of this song to Sue Metal from Baby Metal and not as much to Bring Me the Horizon because I feel like what makes the song so good is the features part. Number one, I don't think they could have pulled off this song like on their own if this was just Ollie. Right. I, I don't think they could have done it. I, I wouldn't have liked it anyway. But no, Baby Metal definitely brought some like really good vibes in there. I mean, they're really cool. They're a very unique band. And uh, this song was made by them. There's this synth lead that starts the song off. And it's featured throughout the song. I have to give kudos to whoever wrote that. It's probably Jordan Fish, but because I don't know, you know, maybe Baby Metal wrote that part. I'm not going to exactly give credit to anyone, but I do appreciate that that part is there. And there is a heavy part that comes in at 47 seconds. And I have to give credit to Bring Me the Horizon in that regard that that part just sounds like Suicide Season Days. Oh, yeah. No, it it definitely takes you back. And honestly, I wish that entire album maybe would have leaned in this direction a little bit because I I think it sounded really good. Like it was like an update of their older stuff. And that's all I ever wanted. (laughs) You know, I have to say it's kind of hypocritical for Bring Me the Horizon fans to be marketed. Oh, this is going to be full of angry anthems. And then like Not to say that this isn't, but when I think of angry music, I don't think of Kingslayer. It's full of angry titles. (laughs) 
is what it is. But, you know, a bunch of people are mad at Attack Attack because it's not Crab Core because it was marketed that. It's like people should just learn, like, take marketing of what the band says something will sound like with a grain of salt. Just go in with no expectations. But I feel like people definitely push that way more than, you know, they did. Like, it was definitely the fans being like, oh, Crab Core is back. And the reason that I mentioned that is because, like I said, Ollie said that this was a time for angry anthems. And Kingslayer does have, like, some angry lyrics. But if you look at that EP or album as a whole, it's not that. So, like I said, I don't like Kingslayer because of Bring Me the Horizon. I give this credit to Baby Metal. I absolutely agree with you. And I feel like 90% of that album, somebody else was kind of taking care of the business. Now, I do have to give him some credit. I feel like his vocals are, you know, perfectly complimentary of Sue Metal's polished, clean vocals. Ollie did absolutely fantastic. And on the rest of the album as well, uh, his cleans on there were very well done. I was very surprised. So next up is Jay's number seven song of 2020. What'd you pick? So I had uh, Real by Unprocessed featuring Tim Hansen and Clay Gober of Polyphia. Don't you think that shit's getting too real? Don't you know the terms of your own deal? Don't you think we both need time to heal? You don't have a glimpse of how I feel. Try yourself clean when I let you come here. Get off me if you don't know how I So this is two bands that I subscribe to heavily. I really enjoy Unprocessed because it is, I guess, in a sense, a full band, uh, whereas Polyphia does not have a frontman because, you know, they're just very guitar driven. Seeing the two come together, I mean, Manuel Gardner is a truly God tier guitarist. Tim Henson, also truly God tier guitarist. Um, Seeing them come together on a track is just amazing. (laughs) I love it. I definitely don't think that this was... Maybe what I was hoping for, but it leans in a direction that's just very creative. I mean, you have both bands kind of incorporate this like hip hop and uh, unprocessed is more along the lines of like trance and EDM. But together, it was fantastic. Tim Henson in this song uh, shows off his new like Tosin Abasi coined thumping technique. (laughs) It seems like he just like picked it up overnight and was good at it, which is insane because I've tried to sit there and learn that with the Tosin Abasi video and it's really fucking hard. So it's overall a very cool listening experience. It just kind of like unfolds into this awesome polyphony of like instruments, manual gardeners, just silken voiced unique playing styles all over the place because manual kind of has like this uh it's very percussive like scratching style you know picking heavy okay uh whereas tim is more so uh arpeggios two-handed tapping you know that kind of deal so it seeing the two of them together is just mind-blowing it's insane and i will say i will be making a playlist of the combination of both my top 10 and jay's top 10 as well that way you don't have to go out on your own and you know be searching for this i know that even i like with my attention problems i can hear a podcast and then completely just forget everything that just got said like names of the songs and everything so i'm saying now we are going to have a playlist that will feature all of the uh 20 songs that we're talking about today yeah so be on the lookout for that make sure you go listen through that it's kind of going to be all over the place to be honest very very much so because you're talking about something completely different than what's what's up next for me (laughs) so what is up next for you what's what's your number six my number six of 2020 is a flag to wave by currents Now, a flag to wave. I love the high energy right out of the gate. 
there's just a great usage of blast beats and parts that change dynamic in the song, but they don't depend on them. And I love that. No, they definitely use those in like a very accentual way. Like they just want to put it in there just so you know where the fuck they came from. And they're trying to accent like they're trying to bring emphasis to something. And the chorus in the song is spot on. There's a great lead guitar. There's good rhythm in the drums. And like when I say that the chorus is sing along, I don't mean like in your typical like pop song or whatever. But I guess like this would be a good sing along song for like a metal head or something. This is the perfect cleans, I guess, for someone who is just getting into clean vocals being in metal it definitely like it has that like little bit of something for everybody kind of deal going on yeah because not everybody can do screams not everybody wants to do screams so you know having something that anybody can kind of you know sing along to be it in the shower or the car or whatever is a good idea and i feel like this is where miss may i should have gone and i know some people think that's a reach but you know there are some stylistic uh comparisons I guess in the lead parts that I would compare to Miss May I. And as far as like the singing vocals, you know, they're in that lower register and it's, it's just like very similar to me. I, I could definitely see that. You know, the second you said that, I, I was just like, oh man, that 2021 Miss May I album. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I, I am pulling for you guys, but you know, <laughs> maybe take some notes of this. In my opinion, do better, but you have the audience do something with it. Exactly. I definitely, I, I appreciate Flag to Wave being on the top 10 of either one of us. So good choice. This was in my top 10 all year long. As soon as I started this list, this has been in there the whole time. I could almost change out Poverty itself for this one, just for you know what you were saying. Like It has that little bit for everybody, but for me personally, I enjoy the screams more. But yeah, no, Flag to Wave, was, I, I feel like that's very anthemic. Uh, it has something that you know just what makes you want to get up and move, you know? The only other song that I would have maybe picked would have been Kill the Ache, but that was just a little too slow and in terms of like the way i placed my best of 2020 playlist i already had slower stuff like bleach and then loneliness so i still wanted something that could pick up the pace and this is really just a good like playlist opening song no it definitely is i i entirely agree with you there so props to uh props to currents you got them both all right, Jay. So what was your number six of 2020? My number six was Aggressive Evolution by Love. So aggressive evolution, I mean, you just heard it. That guitar is fucking fat. It just swings with the beat. It's gigantic. You know, this is unique in the sense that they're using uh, a longer extended scale guitar. So I think they use uh, it's a Squire Jazzmaster or Fender Jazzmaster, one of the two. Um, but it has either a 30 inch scale or a 29.75 inch scale, whatever. My God. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> And for reference, the normal scale is like 24 inches, 25 and a half. Maybe I'm thinking of Les Paul. Uh, Les Paul is weird. Yes. And then okay. LTD on their older seven strings. Uh, mine is a 23 or 22, something like that. It, it looks okay. really funky. Okay. But yeah, so very long ass guitar. It's a long boy. So long ass guitar, heavy string gauge, producing the sound of essentially an eight string drop tuned, which is incredible. So yeah, that's wild. George Lever, everybody. <laughs> I, I can't really credit that to George. It, it was more so the band, but very unique. And then they just have like these dynamics that are consisting of like these super heavy sound walls that just come over there with like these euphoric ass choruses. I, I don't know. It's kind of all over the place, but it just sounds very wholesome. It's like warm and fuzzy, but also very aggressive as the title would indicate. But it has that signature George Lever sound on there. Uh, it's really in your face real sounding drums that aren't over compressed they're just like transcribed to the listener through their their medium just 
perfectly. No matter what you listen to it on, those drums sound great. So that guy in his own field is a true artist. But Aggressive Evolution absolutely needs to be mentioned. Absolutely. And that is a great album as a whole. And, you know, if you listen to our top albums of 2020, you'll know how we felt about that. If you've not listened to that, then go listen to that. You know, we kind of went in depth and how we feel about that album as a whole. But I remember like even going back to when we were reviewed that I remember you really enjoyed that song. So it's cool to see like that held up to this point. It was kind of like sludge metal to a certain extent that like took on a, uh, a metal core beat, I guess it's faster moving, but it still has that just like gross ass tone. So I'm actually kind of surprised that it made your list, but at the same time, I think you like that album just a bit more than I did. I, I do really, really enjoy that album for, I mean, so many reasons. I, I'm not going to list them all. I do really enjoy that album. It's a fantastic vinyl also. Very experiential. I tried to order one from FYE and they basically told me to fuck off. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then I felt bad because you tried to order me one too and then I got one and I was like, oh, I should order Derek one too and then the same fucking thing happened to me. Wow. <laughs> yeah, at that point I was like, I guess Pat like the impulse to like get it i was like yeah it's okay (laughs) (laughs) well if i find one i'll get you one all right so next up is my number five of 2020 shapeshift by silverstein So this is kind of like my number 10 and my number nine, just where like it's a somber song and it's on the pop spectrum, I would say. And it was a big surprise to me because, you know, Silverstein has been around for forever. They're one of the first bands that I attribute my taste of alternative music to because I listened to A Shipwreck in the Sand and songs that came before that. Your Sword by Dagger, The Arsonist. Hmm. I don't believe it's on that album, but Smile in Your Sleep. That's Mm, another classic to me. But uh, there's the melody in the chorus on this song that just has this catchy articulation, the way he sings it. It's fun to listen to. And the song is repetitive, but they use different transitions throughout the song. They keep the song fresh. That's really good songwriting. And the only other song that I would have maybe replaced off their album would have been their song All On Me. Like that was a pretty big contender. And I switched these songs out on my top 10 throughout the year. But All On Me was a bit too slow and um, a bit more somber. So I chose to go with this. You know, this one kind of reminds me of like a heavier version of Bayside. Okay. And I really appreciate that about them because Bayside is one of my emo heyday bands. So they're a guilty pleasure. But no, I, I thought this was a this was a good release. You know, it yes, it was poppy. Yes, it maybe wasn't like their old stuff in terms of heaviness, but it did have like this bounce to it. It was very energetic. It gets you up, gets you moving. Uh, so I... I could definitely see why this is in a top 10. You know, hot take, but I'm okay with more bands, I guess, going in a pop direction because I feel like there's more unique ways to go pop than there are unique ways of going heavy. Hmm, that's that's a that's a pretty interesting take. There are only so many drop tunings <laughs> and eventually like everything starts to blend together. No, you definitely have a point. I'm still on the the boat where I really like string bend breakdowns. Like, I enjoy those. But you can only do it so much before it's just like, there's no other cool way to bend a string. But Shapeshift, everybody, was was a fantastic pick. I just want to say, like, Shane Told has a unique singing voice. Like, no one sounds like him. So that's another reason why, you know, I like to hear his singing and not screaming because most people's mid-screams sound similar. High screams aren't really featured in stuff that's not, you know, deathcore or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then kind of the same thing with gutturals. Like, you have to start getting, like, pretty heavy. So, like, the new cool thing in metal music now or or metalcore is mid-screams. And, you know, when everyone's doing that... When everyone's playing in the same tunings, you start getting a lot of stuff that sounds the same. So 
I know a lot of people weren't thrilled about Silverstein releasing, you know, their new album, A Beautiful Place to Drown, but I liked it. I definitely thought it was good. As you said, it was definitely way different than their older stuff. I kind of thought they were going to go back to that in a certain sense. But you know what? It had chops despite the soft songs like Shapeshift. I mean, there there were a few bangers in there. All right, Jay. So what was your number five of 2020? So my number five, every time I listen to this song, I can never take it seriously in a certain respect because it is kind of funny. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) Keep Your Distance by Malevolence featuring Brian Garris of Knocked Loose. I guess the title is like appropriate for this year. I don't know the story behind it, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you about it. But I, I definitely feel like it can't be anything else, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But the uh, the song is accurate to the times, so that's a pro. Not overly insane riffs, but like it's catchy and still interesting, and you can still tell that the guitarist playing this is very skilled. It has you know this swing to it. It's not quite a groove, but it's a swing. I guess it's a very hardcore style swing that. Maybe not so much metalcore where they get the like funky stuff, but you know, you can move to it. Guitar and all of the other tones pretty much uh, align perfectly. It's great mixing. It's it's layered in a very staggering way. Uh, so good job on that part. The only other thing that I would maybe change about this was I wish Brian Garris had a bigger part in this. He just has like one part where he does his weird Mickey Mouse yells and <laughs> I, I, I love him for it. There's nobody else in the world who has those screams, but damn, <laughs> it just like comes out of nowhere. He's just yelling shit. And then the song goes back to the way it was. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Poolside Podcast. Uh Oh, my God. (laughs) But no, it's a good time. I think it's a fun song. It's like funny in a pretty dark way, (laughs) I guess. But good on them for making it. And I I just love that song so much. I've personally not listened to it. But uh, that Mickey Mouse part you're talking about, just for that alone, I'm going to have to go listen to that. (laughs) You'll you'll hear it. It just like kind of comes out of nowhere. Just like, is that fucking Pride Cares? (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, definitely, definitely go check it out. So we are getting close to the end. And my number four song of 2020 is All My Life by Attack Attack. So I know a lot of people are going to think, one, that I'm crazy because this song came out on December 7th and here we are two weeks later and I'm saying, you know, this is one of my top songs, but on the same token, it also implies that I feel like this song is much better than a lot of other songs that came out January through November. I definitely agree with that. There, there was several bands this year, not mentioning any names, <laughs> that's, uh, you know, just kind of shat and sold it as gold. So I definitely agree with putting this on there. I, I genuinely enjoyed that track. Totally, it's much different than the other releases in 2020 because this feels more like a fun song and not taken overly serious as even like the other songs in my top 10, like everything so far on my top 10 has been like pretty serious in terms of like tone or like lyrics or anything. This is just not that. And I feel like I like it so much because it feels like what we can expect in 2021. I could agree with that, you know, and a lot of bands are kind of using that same style now that they came out with. And I yeah. feel like that style was kind of derived from Attack Attack to begin with. Yeah, not exactly. <laughs> obviously, not exactly. But I feel like had Attack Attack not happened, we wouldn't be sitting here talking about, you know, the likes of Obey, Parasite Eve. You know, yeah. it, it kind of follows suit. Um, I feel like Attack Attack needed to happen for those songs to be acceptable, unfortunately. <laughs> but yeah. So I I definitely don't think that this is taboo for Attack Attack to put out. 
And, you know, they took a chance on releasing something that they probably knew would get hate either way because Caleb Shomo and Johnny Frank weren't in the band. And I feel like that's extremely unfair because there was 100% a percentage of fans that no matter what the song sounded like, they were not going to be happy because Caleb Shomo or Johnny Frank was not in the song. And that's not fair. It's not fair. And I also think that it was a smart move to release this track because there's a lot of new metalcore fans that really enjoy that style. So it brings them on board. And then there's a lot of people like you and I who would have listened to it anyway. Yeah. And then there's people who are just, you know, okay with it. You know, as long as my band's making music, it's fine. So I feel like that the majority of those people versus the the handful of people who are just pissed that it's not sexual man chocolate and, you know, smoke a hottis, whatever. And me and you can both agree, you know, that music had its place. But, you know, I know we also did our retro review, but really looking at things now, people take music so seriously. And I feel like even if they had released music in that style of like directly ripping something off of like uh, they're self-titled, I feel like people would hate it because they'd be like, oh, this is too jokey. Yeah, it's very much so that exact thing. However, I will say that uh, Eskimo Callboy is the direction that I thought they would take it in and they didn't. So I don't know how I feel about that. I'm just saying that. (laughs) I just think we have to, you know, give them time to grow. They've not been attack attack for eight years. And for those who are saying, you know, oh, they're just taking nine shrines and slapping on the name attack attack well you know when you put out three massive albums someday came suddenly they're self-titled and then this means war you have every right to use that name and you know if that upsets you just don't listen to it right and we've also had a drastic lineup change yeah more than half the band is different now so what can you do (laughs) Like you have to you have to make some sacrifices here. Obviously, Andrew's part and uh, well, the Andrew's part, both of them is pretty much the same. But the other members have to weigh in on this as well. You know, we can't just have another Beartooth situation. And, you know, they were a band basically 2008 to 2012 four years. And then they were broken up for twice as long as they were a band for eight years. So who's not to say that this is actually like attack attack? Right. No, I I definitely could see this being the progression because as I said earlier, you know, I feel like bands making this type of music now are pretty much a lineage of attack attack had they just progressed up the years instead of been doing nothing. And the last thing that I'll say about this song is just that, you know, I'm glad that I got one of my favorite bands back and the number of people hating on this song so much and whining and crying about crap core, be upset all you want. You can be miserable about it. At the end of the day, that doesn't change that I enjoy it. And this band is going to get my money and they're going to get a lot of other people's money too. So if you don't like it, just stop talking about it. Move on to something else. My honest prediction is that this band is going to wind up sounding a lot like Dayseeker, but with a little more like techno going on and maybe a little heavier of a dynamic going on, but it's going to go in that direction. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was a pretty heavy rant. (laughs) Let's go into your number four of 2020. Right. So my song four was bones by make them suffer. So, Bones, make them suffer. That's fucking groovy. That riff is just, mm. (laughs) it's just so satisfying to listen to. Every time that comes on, I just instant head bob. It's a piece about how much, like, they would, well, not they, I should say, the the lead singer, uh, how much they would give up to have this band. And honestly, after, like, reading all the the history that this band's been through, (laughs) I kind of believe them, you know? They're essentially a new band, less the the frontman. So, yeah, it, it makes sense, you know? I would give my bones. The guitar and bass tone in this, absolutely amazing. I think they did fantastic. The drums are, you know, artistically played. It's not just there to keep time, which I've said in the past is, you know, one of their signatures. This again is like the symphonic, like deathcore 
almost with like a genty metalcore spin on it. It's not definitely a foot into deathcore, but it's just like it's on the border, you know? Right. But the brutal ass breakdown in this is just amazing. Like it just mm, it hits like a pile of bricks, man. And just referencing back to the top albums of 2020, you know, spoiler alert for anyone who's not listened to that yet. That was one of your favorites off that album. Yeah. So that was uh, my number two album for my top 20 and that was yeah my my favorite off of that album as well awesome so Derek what is your song number three of 2020 well my number three song of 2020 is all thanks to you (laughs) I would not know this band without you it is blessed be by spirit box oh wow Man, does this song just hit. No spoilers, but it does, yes. <laughs> if you don't know yet, like, where are you? Oh, man. Courtney LaPlante. And I'm so sorry. Court- oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't even realize. <laughs> Courtney just shows, like, what a badass she is, both in, like, both in clean vocals and screaming vocals in this. They are so well done as an individual that I'd be fine having only one of each. All Cleans would be a fantastic band. All Screams would also be a fantastic band. And the music video to this is also really cool. It is. <laughs> like, I love how they just, like, wait until the very end of the track to just, like, also she does Screams, you know? <laughs> but for anyone who does not know who Courtney LaPlante is, she was the vocalist for I Wrestled a Bear Once. Honestly, I never listened to them. Even now, I've, I've never listened to... A song by that band. I guess I frequented them back in the day, but it definitely wasn't my favorite. I will say that. And they were like on the deathcore spectrum, am I right? Yeah, it was like that weird era of deathcore where like everybody also thought that Bring Me the Horizon was deathcore. It was like... Okay. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't quite deathcore in the sense that we have it now. So it was like modern day metalcore. It, yeah, it was like neon deathcore is what it was. You know, they all wore like yellow pants and green yeah. shirt. That 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 deathcore. Well, in terms of Blessed Be, you know, this song is perfect in all areas. Songwriting, transitions, guitar parts, bass, drums, vocals, everything is there. They nailed everything perfectly. And I mean, for me personally, like my top three songs are could all be my number one. Like this song, no problem. I'm kind of in the same boat. My top three were just like a chance of ordering. And I just feel like the song showed their dynamic range of having clean parts, but also able to go heavy as fuck and just slam you in the face with the brick wall. This track was, I can't say enough good things about it, so I'll, I'll leave it there. But yeah, fantastic. Fantastic pick. All right, Jay. So what is your number three of 2020? My number three was Year of the Moth, Y-O-T-M, by Like Moths to Flames. applause <laughs> great pick well i was sitting there i was thinking about it and uh habitual decline was was an equal contender but i was like oh man we're doing the top songs of the year and i was like year of the moth it works that is very fair you know this song is super clean it's articulate you get these articulate chug sections uh just from like all the instrumentalists it just works so well there's really cool dynamics it's kind of like sing-songy but it also still like gets heavy it gets the job done you know mm-hmm. you know there's clever lyrics in here from uh rotor it's just like high energy it's fun it's serious it 
gets the job done. Like it's fantastic all around. There's nothing bad that I can say about this song at all. Right. And the intro is just also comes in, slams you in the face. It has those like 30 second note chugs in there. And then the chorus also is just like that ballad fill. I think it's three, four, six states uh, time signature. And here we are sounding like music nerds. <laughs> but I mean, like, that's just what makes it sound good. And there's probably a lot of people out there that's like, I know I like this. I know it sounds different. But why? Why does it sound different? Yeah, no, definitely. And being able to tell you guys that is why we love doing this. But no, it, it definitely adheres to like this formulaic structure, but not in a way that makes it mundane, not in a way that makes it boring to listen to after the first half. Right. It keeps it interesting. So that that is why it earned a spot on this top 10, especially so high on this top 10, is that they can make a song that's easy to listen to, that's fun, that's energetic, and still gets the job done without being mundane. That's That's a win in my book. Well, I have to say, great selection. Thank you, sir. So we're up on song number two. We're in the top two of our top 10 songs of 2020. Derek, what was your song number two? My number two song of 2020 is Masochist by Polaris. Solid pick on that. So this song shows the band's dynamic range, very much like Spirit Box. And it's that, you know, they use Jamie in a way that, you know, he'll have a screaming part, but it's not over something, you know, heavy. It's not over like really soft music, but it's not like in a breakdown or over like this just sick riff. Those parts are present in the song, but they use him in other ways than just Oh, it's time for the heavy part to come in. Yeah, it's like slightly more than pitch screaming, but it shows like this emotion. It's it's there for like, not because they have to have a screaming part right here to like fit a mold. It's there because like he needs to be screaming to convey this emotion to you, which is what makes it so special. Which Jay just took everything I said and put it into words that made sense. So thank you, Jay. Mansplaining. <laughs> this is where the album really starts for me personally. And I think it starts to show what the rest of the album will sound like. And I'm referencing, you know, The Death of Me by Polaris that released this year. And I'm not going to go into detail about that album. If you want details, go check out our last episode that came out last week. But I feel like this is just one of the best courses on the whole album and also has some of the best riffs. So as I said before, the song just has so much dynamic range to it. Absolutely. Those those guitar riffs in there just they just swing like right off one off the other as the parts change up from like verse to chorus and so forth. They just like swing right off of each other. Uh, the term that you would use is, you know, riff salad. This is not that. Yeah. No, this is this is riff prime rib. Okay, that's that's what this is. Riff prime rib. I'll take a filet mignon of riffs, but, you know, teach <laughs> their own. Absolutely. This song just hits right in the fills. If you listen to this song and don't feel something, I'm concerned. I probably don't want to be in the same room as you because I feel like my life would be at risk. <laughs> You should not be left alone with uh, children and small animals. But if that doesn't just explain how this song is my number two of the year, I don't know what else possibly could. Well, that was a definite solid pick for a number two. Okay, Jay. So what's your number two song of 2020? My number two, again, so like I couldn't really figure out whether it used <laughs> like Moths to Flames or this one. So this one just happened to go before it. So my number two was Strawberry's Wake by Dance Gavin Dance. I 
I did not see that one coming. Dun, 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 it's Strawberry's <laughs> Wake with the freaking hammer. So, yeah, Strawberry's Wake. I, I love that lush intro. Like, it's just, it's all-encompassing. It's just very full sound. Like, it's very well done. And I feel like I've made those things in the past where I try to do these, like, euphoric intros on, like, the EDM stuff I was working on. And it seems right. so effortless. But they make it, like, an art form. It's really neat. So, it, it's just, like hits the fucking brakes after that and you're just slammed with john coming in with his shit and uh, i don't know it's just it's fun it's dancey i i love the sound that this song is i just want to live in those tones and it's just a good time now where would this rank in the franchise that is the strawberry universe strawberry swisher three is my favorite so this would be number two i mean that's pretty big though that is pretty big. Followed by Death of a Strawberry, for sure. I can see how that would be, you know, last or whatever. <laughs> you need, hopefully that wasn't first. That would be very backwards. All right. So uh, very good pick. I'm not surprised at all. And uh, if you're new to Poolside, just know that we have very dry humor here. <laughs> a lot of the things we say... We do not mean, but when it comes to like giving the pros to music, we absolutely mean what we say. Absolutely. I don't write anything that I don't honestly feel, but I will happily load my pun guns, hon. So, Derek, uh, we are up to song number one. This is the number one track of 2020. So, Derek, what is your number one song of 2020? My number one song of 2020, my favorite song of the year, is Habitual Decline by Like Moths to Flames. I had given Polaris the number one album of the year. Spoiler alert for those of you who may have not listened to that episode yet. I still suggest you go to listen to that episode. But the opening riff in this is just mean. And when the full band comes in, it's even meaner. It really is. No, it's fucking sinister. The song flows so smoothly from one part to the next. And no part in the song is too similar to the part before or after it. And things just stay interesting throughout the whole song. Like, I feel like they took metalcore and they just bumped it up to the next notch. They took something that if someone else did this i feel like it will have just missed the mark but it's only because these musicians had the song in their hand and they've had the experiences that they've had that i feel like they could put their all into this this was definitely a a prime job on this this was metalcore at its finest i feel like this is the purest form of metalcore progressed to 2020 Honestly, I'm really happy that a band like Like Moths to Flames were the ones who did it. You know, guitar parts, guitar tone, vocals, bass, drums, everything is there. And I feel like this is the most spot on that this band has ever been. So with that said, this band deserved my number one spot. My number one for 2020 was actually Blessed Be by Spirit Box. <laughs> Perfect. According to my Spotify numbers, I've listened to it 326 times. Holy shit. <laughs> I'm not even, not even kidding. 300, three, 300 and almost 30 times. We'll call it 330 times. You know what's interesting about that song is that it was on my gym playlist at one point. Like I'd want the ending to be on there, but I don't know. I just... I, I like just vibing to it while I'm driving. Sometimes I'll put it on like back to back. Mm -hmm. I play it in the office all the time and then I'll like skip the ending because my, my business partner doesn't actually like the, the screaming parts. So I'll just skip the ending when it gets that one part. And yeah, I, I fucking love that song so much. It is a song that you can just keep on loop and it's completely fine. So I can definitely see that. 
I am so stoked for this album to come out. I, I'm not going to lie. that I am can't wait. Going into 2021, would you be okay with Blessed Be, Holy Roller, and their newest song, Constance? Would you be okay with those songs being on their album? Or do you feel like by the time that it comes out, we've heard those too much to really associate it with a new piece of a full piece of work? I actually had this thought the other day is like, so, you know, we're on four tracks released already of this album. Let's say they're all on there. If this is a eight track album, no. To answer your question, no, I would not be. I'd be kind of ticked about that. But if this was like, you know, a 10 track, a 14 track, whatever. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't think I'd have a problem with that at all. I don't think it would get old. I think that their albums in the past, like uh, Electric Cross, kind of total story. It was like a, a concept album without being a concept album at the same time. So I think it would be fine. Now, I do want to say, you know, they did get signed by Rise Records this year. So I feel like, you know, Rise Records will probably support them with a new budget to potentially have Blessed Be re-recorded. And Blessed Be, you know, we've both said great things about it, but I do feel like there's probably some things that production-wise that they could probably, you know, add some stuff just to keep things fresh. Kind of like what Bring Me the Horizon did with their song Drown. Yeah, to a certain extent, I I definitely think that they, you know, have not shown us their whole hand at this point. Right. Because if if you look at their self-titled from 2017, that's what I meant to say earlier, not Electric Cross. But their their self-titled from 2017, they had released a couple of them early and I didn't really care for those so much. Mm -hmm. But as the album as a whole came out, it was it was very experiential. It told a story, uh, you know, the whole like Mara effect thing. I definitely think that this one will be kind of the same deal as this one is very like angry at like familial issues about religion, you know, a lot of like pent up anger going on in here. So I think that the album as a whole will still blow up much like Drown. Absolutely. And I feel very safe saying that Spirit Box has the potential to absolutely blow up next year. I think they're one of the most anticipated bands to have a release next year, and we will for sure be reviewing that album whenever it releases. Oh, I am so stoked for that. And I I honestly just think it's a really cool band. Like, it's a a husband-wife duo, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like you don't see that anywhere in metalcore. Yeah, I can't think of any other ones. (laughs) There's, like, Ollie Sykes, and I think his wife kind of features on Parasite Eve, and that's, that's really all I know about. But this was a lot of fun to do. Definitely ran a little bit longer than the top albums, but, you know, you get into these tracks as individuals and there's a bit more story a bit more feelings to go along with them and if you're used to this show you'll know that we don't cut things short when it comes to how we feel about a song we like to get into it we like to uh say that episodes will be 45 minutes and then spend two hours on it but you know what hey it's a quality product and we will always try our best to be as open and honest about how we feel about music we're not here to just say we like something for the clout that's a thing out there but it is what it is but thank you so much for listening this has been a blast doing our top 10 songs and top albums of 2020 there will be a lot that comes out next year we won't cover all of it but as always we're going to do our album reviews we'll be doing our retro reviews and keep your eyes peeled we have some new stuff in the works that is very exciting it's new to the show and we hope you enjoy it absolutely 2021 is gonna be super fun so happy new year to everybody adios i've been derek i'm jay and you'll hear us next time